Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you ever gotten too attached to something? It's not always healthy to put your roots down deep. God created this beautiful world for us to enjoy, but today, Pastor J.D. reminds us how it's not our final home. If you love this world too much, then you love the creation more than the Creator, and you'll miss out on all He has to offer. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 22nd, 2023. It is my hope that today's update will be an encouragement to all of us, myself included, and have the much-needed effect of recalibrating us. And by recalibrating, I mean adjusting and changing our thinking concerning the common denominator in everything that's now happening. And by common denominator, I mean everything happening in the world today has one thing in common, and it's that it's all against Jesus Christ. That's the common denominator. Namely, specifically, this evil plot afoot and raging war against the Lord Jesus Christ, who, when He returns, rules and reigns over all the earth, all the nations of the earth, at the second coming, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, not the rapture, before the seven-year tribulation, but at the end of the seven-year tribulation, the second coming, He comes to rule and reign, and us with Him for 1,000 years. Can't wait. Now, we have a problem (laughs) because there's this evil plot and raging war. And this evil plot and this raging war serves as a sign of not only what happens at the time of the end, but also how close we are to the time of the end. Now, I want to start by drawing your attention to Psalm 2. Actually, I would encourage you to join me there. It perfectly and powerfully and prophetically speaks to this aforementioned common denominator. Verse 1, Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? 
The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together, conspire together, if you will, against the Lord. And notice the delineation against His anointed. That's Jesus, the Christ, Christos anointed, saying, verse 3, Let us break their bonds. Notice that's capitalized. Their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. I love that. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then, verse 5, he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet, verse 6, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth, Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, carrying with it the idea of bowing and kissing the King, the hand of the King. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. What a powerful song. So powerful that the writer of Hebrews would refer to it in chapter 1, verse 5, and do so in the context of a rhetorical question. Listen to this. For to which of the angels did He ever say, You are my son, Psalm 2, Today I have begotten you, and again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. In the book of Acts chapter 4, we have another very fascinating reference to Psalm 2. Peter and John are arrested for preaching Jesus, (laughs) and they're brought before the Sanhedrin when about 5,000 were saved and a blind man was healed. Subsequent to their arrest, they stand trial and are threatened and forbidden to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Well, what's Peter and John's response? Uh, Sorry, (laughs) ain't going to happen. That's a very loose paraphrase of the text, but they respond by telling them that we cannot but speak 
the name of Jesus and the things which we have seen and heard. Then they're let go with a warning, severe warning, and further threatening. After their release, they return to their brothers and sisters, surprising them of what took place, and they all respond with praise and prayer in one accord. And here is that prayer in which they pray Psalm 2. And listen to what happened after they prayed. Verse 24, Acts 4. This is their prayer. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever, listen, your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Can't say that name enough. Now, here's what happened after they prayed, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Ooh, oh, we need some shaken <laughs> and bacon. Not the bacon, but you know, with the eggs. But bacon and shaken, this is a holy shaking from the Holy Spirit. And notice it's for boldness, a holy boldness a sanctified strength to rise up in the name of Jesus, whom all the nations are against. All of the nations of the world are conspiring against, not us, but Jesus. Oh, us by extension and association. Jesus said, hey, by the way, don't take it personal. The world's going to hate you. It's not you, okay? It's me. They hate me. So because you're associated with me, they're going to hate you too. So have a nice afternoon. Just at least know that that's why the world hates you and is against you. James, the half-brother of Jesus, I did not intend in any way to go here, but maybe I need to. James, the half-brother of the Savior. Can you imagine growing up with God incarnate as your (laughs) half-brother? No wonder he's like the way he is. When you read James, you walk away from it going, oh, 
It's not something where you go, oh, praise the Lord. No, you go, oh, Lord. I mean, just in your face. You can't blame him. That's why. Well, he had something to say about this, by the way. The world is against Jesus. The world is at enmity with Jesus. And if you're friends with the world, you're committing spiritual adultery. Actually, it's stronger than that. You'll forgive me. He says, you adulterers and adulteresses. Well, I'm not coming back to James's church. Wow, that's pretty strong. Where's the love? No, that is love. That's the truth in love. Because you cannot be friends with the world. If you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God's. Why are you an enemy of God's if you're friends with the world? Because the world is an enemy with God, against God. Everything is against the person of Jesus Christ. Example, you know, my uh, given name is Wahid Faez Farag. (laughs) In heaven I get a new name, but I couldn't wait. So I actually can't wait because it doesn't work too well, especially nowadays, right? So, um, you know, of course, born in Beirut, Lebanon, to an Egyptian father and Jordanian mother, and that was my name. Wahid means, you know, one in Arabic, Wahid. <laughs> Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> is there a lightning bolt coming anywhere? But when I came to Christ in 1982, I wanted to kind of get a legal AKA, also known as. And I wanted a name that would give me an opportunity to share my faith. So I came up with the initials JD, which stands for Jesus Disciple. So that whenever anyone would ask me, hey, what does JD stand for? Jack Daniels? (laughs) Okay, there's that boldness you prayed for, remember? Showtime. So I would just say, not quite. It stands for Jesus Disciple. And I mean the whole complexion of that conversation changed. And it's usually followed by something like, okay, excuse my French. Listen, my father taught French in high school. That wasn't French, just so we're clear, okay? Here's my point. When you just even speak the name of Jesus, you have just spoken the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. One more, just real quick. When people take the name of Jesus in vain and speak it in a cursing way, ask them this question. And be be gracious. I, I'm not a good example because I'm, I've always been very militant about it. <laughs> but just ask them this question. Why is it that you don't take the name of Muhammad? Have you, have you ever heard anybody when they're angry and they say, Oh, Muhammad! No. Oh, Buddha! Never. It's always Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. That's the name above all names. (laughs) The name of Jesus. 
And that is who all the nations of the earth in these last days is against. It's against Jesus the Christ. Okay, now that was just the introduction. (laughs) I start this way because the one thing all of the rulers of the nations on earth have in common, the common denominator is they rage and conspire against the Lord. Why? Because the enemy has possessed them and propelled them to destroy everything that God has created. This would include the earth, all plant and animal life on earth, and more importantly, mankind who God created in His image to inhabit the earth. Because the enemy does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said in John 10.10. If one would but peel back the layers of everything that's happening in the world today, what you'll find is that without exception, it's all against Jesus Christ. Now on the surface, it may not seem like that. But when you really peel back the layers, that is what this is all about. In other words, this rage against the Lord is at the center of all that is taking place today in every arena of our lives in this world not our home, this world in which we've long overstayed our welcome. For today, I would like to focus in on two specific areas, environmentally and genetically. Please know that I know these are big by themselves and that I'm keenly aware they deserve the needed time to devote to. As such, I do plan to, as the Lord leads, expound on these topics in the weeks ahead so as to go more in depth. But for today, we'll look at just these two specific areas and how they, along with the many others, all have this one thing in common, which is the nations raging and conspiring against the Lord. Actually, both areas, environmentally and genetically, they go together by virtue of how the rulers or conspirators, if you prefer, are plotting this evil genetic modification. Stay with me, please. They're genetically modifying the climate and with it God's creation on earth. And even more evil, they're also attempting to genetically modify humans. And one need look no further than to the revving up of geoengineering, which is being met, sadly, with a measure of success to this evil end. Pictured here is a screenshot from Dane Wigington's website, geoengineeringwatch.org, and an article from back on April 25th of 2015 titled, Living on the Edge of Biological Nature. 
Now, as I quote from this article, please note that it was written some eight years ago now. Quoting, We are on the brink of humanity and biological nature. We are being deluged with nanoparticulates of known and unknown origins with synthetic created substances of which there is no avoidance. Not only are all fresh and salt waters acidifying, but forests are burning in the hundreds of millions of acres globally, while methane releases are destroying planetary oxygen. We are now fed with unknown, genetically altered, and jet-sprayed foods, all containing synthetic, created substances, nano-sized, and as such, unavoidable. Eight years ago, 2015. By the way, this is probably as good of a time as any to address why it is that I reference non-Christian sources like that of Dane Wigington and Geoengineering Watch. First, With respect to someone like Dane Wigington, who I know and talk to, my referencing his work is reaching him for the Lord. He is most interested in a ministry like ours that has taken a serious interest in an organization like his. And it's for this reason that we are praying for Dane's salvation. One more thing on this before we move on, and it has to do with the fact that I've been heretofore unable to find any Christian sources to reference, particularly in Dane Wigington's area of expertise. This is a textbook case of God choosing and using a non-Christian to do that which the Christian should be doing, but won't. I didn't say doesn't. No, they won't. So God has to use, oh, I think about Elijah. He fed Elijah with an unclean bird. Sometimes God will use a source like that, the non-Christian, the unclean bird. And this is a case of that. To his credit, Dane Wigington has for many years now documented his extensive research in the area of geoengineering. And it's very respectable and very credible. And I will add irrefutable. And here's the truth. God has used this man in my life to open up my eyes to the truth of climate change. Climate change. What's climate change? Man changing the climate. Let me try that again. I know that's deeply profound. Climate change. Man manipulating, altering, changing the climate. Geoengineering. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? 
Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.